My name is Andrew Bustamante, and this is Everyday Espionage. Today we finish our talk with my friend, E.D. Jackal. We get to learn the two key factors that led to his success. We get to learn how he sees espionage every day all around him. Today, my friend actually talks about what it feels like to be taken into captivity in a foreign country. And he talks about how to resist the torture and the solitude and the fear of that capture. We get to learn today from the best. We get to learn from E.D. Jackal. One of the things that I'm loving about this experiment within the podcast is that just you talking, just you sharing your experience and your knowledge continues to reinforce some of the lessons that I was teaching in, in seasons one and seasons two hmm. of this podcast. You talk about being the dumbest guy in the room. We have an episode where we teach people the value of being the dumb guy in the room, the value of questions, the value of what it's like to walk in recognizing that it's more powerful to be in a learning mode than to be in an educating mode. And you talk about the difference between information and intelligence, wisdom and knowledge. We talk about the exact same thing in season one. And it's this powerful message that people don't understand. You talked about uh, the value of, of, of working hard and taking moments to recover instead of always trying to find work-life balance or trying to trying to find some way of relaxing more than you work. It just doesn't exist that way. You talked about passion versus knowledge, the whole idea of a vocation. We talk about that in season two. It's incredibly valuable to me as a teacher, as a business owner, as a podcast developer, that the lessons that we're teaching, the lessons that I have been privileged to share are still applicable, still valid, still exactly your experience in your life as well. As in everything that you have done, as different as as our careers have been, as different as our callings continue to be, you have also witnessed the value of that experience. Absolutely. Agree. Totally agree. You know, the other concept too, you talk about applying what we've learned in the corporate boardroom. Being a devil's advocate in a meeting, extremely valuable. As you know, and in these tactical special operation missions, we would go into isolation for a week. We, in the military, we have this thing called the red team, okay? So the red team are the devil's advocates. They'll take your carefully crafted plan and challenge it in a respectful way. That's why U.S. Special Forces is superior, because we have a red teaming way of doing things, going into isolation that We've literally had plans I've been working on for six months, like a kill capture mission that'll get torn apart in a red team isolation mode, torn apart and put back together in a short period of time. So how does that apply to the boardroom? Well, you're in a meeting with 15 people. It's always the same guys talking, right? The director of, of marketing, he's at the head of the table and there's a couple of his acolytes. Yes, yes, yes. Great idea. Great idea. Well, why not be the guy in the meeting who says, raises your hand and says, you know, have we considered doing it like this? Mm-hmm. Or what about that? Now, sometimes people get a little bit annoyed with these people, particularly if you're a junior person. 
But I will guarantee you, the guy that's responsible for that project is going to love you. Mm -hmm. Because you may not be the most popular person in the meeting, but you will be of value to your organization because you will identify problems that other people don't see. And every organization, every meeting needs a devil advocate. We used to have a guy, he was a low-level guy, and he was part of our red team. And I remember we were on a critical mission and he wasn't there. It just wasn't the same. Hmm. We didn't have that same guy sitting there challenging stuff because everyone else that was on the red team, they must have been up for promotion or something because <laughs> it was all, great idea. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. You're a genius, boss. You're a stinking genius, man. Yeah. Wow, let's go. I'm thinking to myself, this is not good. Yeah. You know? I actually found that guy in another part of Virginia and brought that guy in to be the red team guy. I had him be part of our meeting, and sure enough, he poked holes in it. It was great. We loved that guy. Yeah. That guy's still around, actually. It's funny because there's <laughs> – yeah. I think when you gave the example of you know being in a boardroom and raising your hand and offering up your idea – I think that's a, a good example, but the way that professionals really go about being that devil's advocate is they know that they learn to do it at the right time absolutely, in the right way. Right, absolutely. Right? Just like you said, yeah. there's 12 people around the table. You're one of those 12. The other 10 aren't in charge of the project. They're going to say whatever they have to say to get that meeting to end as quickly as exactly. possible. But the one remaining guy who is in charge of that project that's the guy who wants to hear what you have to say. He's going to love you. And maybe yeah. in the meeting, that's not when you raise your hand. Because you're going to piss off 10 people. But as soon as that meeting adjourns, Absolutely. I know who I'm taking out yes. of coffee. And I say, hey, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. I've got a couple right. of questions about the project. If you want to earn respect in an organization, be the devil's advocate guy. You may not be the best light guy, but you'll be respected. You'll be respected by the right people. Right. The people who are right. pouring their heart and soul into making something work. Those are the guys that get to the C-level suite. Right. The politicians, they get to like director level maybe, maybe even an occasional vice presidential role. The SVPs, C-level guys, the COO, CFO, CEO, those, those guys start out as devil advocates. Because I will guarantee you that. Devil's advocates understand right away that you're taking a risk. Absolutely. Yeah. When you speak up, you take a risk. And sometimes, sometimes there's a repercussion that you don't like, a consequence that you don't like. Sometimes right. there's a consequence that you do like. But if you don't take risks right. early in your career, the time to learn how to take risks is not when you're a director level, right. 22 years in, sitting on a nice 401k waiting for your pension. Right? right. You're never going to take exactly. a risk then. Right. You got to start early. Scared money always loses. Scared money always loses. The guy with the 401k plan that's getting ready to invest, or the guy's got 18 years in, he's retiring at 20, he's a scared dude. Do you think he's going to make a bold decision? Hell no. Man. He's not even going to listen to someone else. That, that scared money. That guy always loses. And the saddest part is that he's not even going to know how much he's lost until after he's Absolutely. crossed what he thinks is the finish line. And that's where vocation comes in. Yeah. Because a career guy would think about that. If you're in a vocation, hell, I remember I was like three months or six months away from retirement. I was still taking bold chances where I could have been you know, excoriated if I made the wrong mistake. You know, the hell are you thinking about? Now you're fired. <laughs> you're terminated. You wait a minute. You did what? I was still doing that shit until the day I left. So your life and times does not end with government service to CIA. 
You've gone on to found and sell at least one business. You've gone on to participate in high stakes investments and yeah. in property and sure. horse sure. racing. Yeah. Uh, and you, <laughs> yeah, even, you're right. even now, even now you run your own business where you are completely hands off with the business. You only put your fingers in right. whenever yeah, you choose to yeah. participate yep. and you hire the right people to do right. the right job and, and you trust them to do what they're supposed to do. How did a kid who was just trying to impress dad get to the place where now he is in complete control of well, his destiny? I think it's two things. For all the bad things you hear about the agency, the one thing about it is you get unparalleled leadership training, managerial training, skills training. I mean, elicitation, active listening. These are all valuable skills that most people pay tens of thousands of dollars for to get a, an executive MBA somewhere at, at Yale. That, that's, that's bullshit compared to the training that we get. Are you kidding me, man? That's, that's, that's first, like child's play, that's man. our first two weeks of orientation. That's child's <laughs> play, man. Are you kidding me now? So the training that we've gotten in just people skills, soft skills, okay? Soft skills rules over hard skills any day of the week. That's one thing. The second thing is I made the right decision at the right time of my life. The most important decision anybody will ever make, and I tell my kids this, you know what that is? The most important decision you'll ever make? I'm ready to learn it. Who you marry? Score. I'm you marry right a path. good wife? <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, I got lucky. You know, I looked at my wife and I thought, my gosh, this woman is absolutely gorgeous. You How could she ever be attracted with me? Simultaneously, she told another guy to find out who I was. <laughs> So she actually technically made the first move. You marry a good woman. You marry woman. you marry a good man. Right? right? You got women listening to this too. I have met some ridiculously impressive women. One of the women I hope to bring on to this this season is one of those ridiculously impressive women. And you know, they've got to find the man that they talk right. about the way you talk about your wife. Yeah. My wife is a flip side of me. I'm a ENTJ in, in Myers Briggs speak. I'm extroverted tend to be a little bit dominating, you know, assertive, like to make decisions. My wife is the flip side. She's an INTJ. Scary, ridiculously smart, introverted, mastermind. Hmm. You know, if I told you her academic record, which I don't want to talk about here, you would you'd be shocked at how fast she got through everything. High school, college, into the medical field. Grad school, whatever. It's incredible. And on top of that, she's gorgeous. But and the only thing she wanted to do, her vocation, in the most competitive vocation on the planet, that's her vocation, being a mom. It's all she ever wanted to be. And she's been a wonderful mother and an even better wife. To find that, are you kidding me? Do you know how hard it is to find that now? Here's a woman who enabled you to do yeah. some of the most dangerous things in the world by being that support, by being that yeah. barrier back yeah. at home. Yeah. Who could support all of your alias activity, who could support right. all of your operational activity. The woman who who made it all possible. I was just the execution guy. She did everything else. She did ninety percent of the work actually. I, I did I did the fun stuff. I got on the airplane, jumped into a country. Not everybody thinks getting shot at is fun, brother. Just well throwing that out there. <laughs> you know, getting, being on a two way firing range never really bothered me, you know. You know, it's just one of those things, you know. But she had the tough work, doing the taxes, doing the expense reports. I remember one time 
the chief of station called me and he says, hey, Jackal, you know that operation that you did that you spent almost a year on, those millions of dollars you spent, all those expense reports, which my wife did with documentation. Chief of station used to say, hey, Jackal, you can rescue the hostages, but if you don't get a taxi receipt, you're an asshole, <laughs> right? So my wife did all that for me, Welcome right? to the government, right. They came in, they did an audit. I think it was the Intelligence Committee, House Intel or Senate Intel Committee. They did an audit. They wanted to see where the damn money went. Right? Audit a Millions massive, of dollars. massive, multi-million dollar I remember the files, the budget finance guy was flipping out. He's like, you know. I remember he sat down and he told me, he says, hey, Jack, let me tell you something. These audits aren't done very often, but when they are done, they never come out to zero. You know, I've seen guys owe a couple hundred grand. Yeah. Mm. If it comes out on your side, you're not getting the money, right? But if it comes out on the wrong side, you got to pay it back. It could, it could come out of your pension. My wife was in charge of all that stuff. They did the audit. Six months later, the guy came back. He said, I don't believe this. It balanced to the freaking penny. Balanced to the penny. When my wife used to call me, every once in a while I talked on a satellite phone, there was never any bad news. It was always like, honey, I love you. You've heard her voice before. Yeah, she's just perpetually yeah. happy. I never had to deal with problems. There was never any family drama. She took care of all that stuff. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because you asked me what are some of the darkest moments, the most difficult things I've had to deal with, is being in captivity. Unfortunately, I've been in captivity several times. When they take away your freedom, the one thing that'll get to you. Forget about the pulling the fingernails out and getting beat up, all the stuff that bad guys do and good guys do, to be honest with you. You, know? <laughs> you can withstand physical torture, physical punishment. Now, everybody does have their breaking point. Don't get me wrong. But generally speaking, that's not the toughest part. The toughest part is the mental anguish. And not only not knowing when you're going to get out, because when you're in captivity and you're in a cellar or a hole in the ground in a country that nobody even knows where you are, again, there is no QRF coming for you. Yeah. And the worst thing about not knowing when you're going to get out, it even gets worse than that. If you don't have your family situation taken care of, if you left behind a problem, if you left on a bad note with your wife, which is haunting, if you don't have your finances in order, if you're heavily in debt, if your kids hate you, you had a blow up with somebody. Maybe you're not sure if you signed those life insurance papers. That will get you to finally say, okay, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. Just let me out of here because I got to get back to my family. That's the greatest gift that my wife gave me is that she took such good care of the family that there was no drama. So when you found yourself in captivity, your resistance was redoubled. Yeah, absolutely. I was good to go because when I went on these missions, I was already dead. Everybody has to die, right? If I took the bullet, thrown off of a building or something, I was ready for that. Ready to roll. Go ahead and kill me. I, I, I really don't care. And we talk because about Because you know it. what the most, a tribal chief told me one time, you know what the most dangerous man in the world is? A man with nothing to lose. A man with nothing to lose. I had, I had nothing to lose. And I, I remember, I remember that we, we go through that mental exercise, that training exercise before you deploy to be prepared to just to compartmentalize everything that you left behind because you don't want to take that with you. You don't want to be in a position where only your training will save you and what you're thinking about is what you left behind at home. But what happens though is that all that compartmentalization, being in captivity, unlocks that, unlocks that compartment. Brings it all out. 
So you can't have it in there in the first place. Mm -hmm. In other words, you don't want to have to compartmentalize. You want there to be a clean slate. It's like when you meditate, right? One of the exercises is you're alongside of a road, a lonely road, and you see a car go by. That car is something that's compartmentalized, a problem with something. Maybe it's a debt. It's something you're hiding from someone. It's a problem at work. I visualize these as all cars going down the road. What you do is you watch the car disappear over the horizon. That's gone. That's gone. In, in captivity, it's the same thing. You don't want you don't want there to be any cars on the road in your mind because those cars won't go over the horizon. This car will keep coming around and around and around and around and around, and eventually you're like, okay, I'll take care of you. That was the gift that my wife gave me, and you asked me the question. It's those two things. Strong family, strong wife, and the training. That's it. That's it, bro. That's what makes the difference. That's how a man like you goes from where you went to where you are. Arguably, I'm very excited to see where you go next. All right, so we've got a few minutes left. I want to know what you want to tell the world. What do you want Jackal's parting words to be for this episode? It should be, be your own man, be your own woman, make the effort to reach that self-actualization phase. Because when you reach that, you're very close. I call it the gentle wave. Life becomes much easier. You're on the path. Nobody can throw you off the path. And you have the ability to not only be great, but to be comfortable within yourself and at peace. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Being at peace with yourself. Because if you're happy, your family's happy. Amen, brother. Awesome. Good to be here, man. I appreciate Good it. Good to see you again. It's been a long time. <laughs> long there's, time. There's one more thing I'm going to do, right? Uh, I'm going to make this invite open, and I want you present for the commitment. Sure. I know people can't talk to you. Everybody who's hearing your voice right now, they're, they're never going to know who you are. You're a silent warrior. That's how, you're, that's how you came to be. That's how you're going to go out the back door, right? But what I do want to be able to do is give them a chance to share their appreciation for your conversation with you. So anyone listening to this right now, if you want to share a message of thanks or a message of encouragement, or if you just want to share your own story with Jackal, send me an email at info at everydayspy.com. Send that email to me. Tell me what you want me to pass on. And then Jackal, I want to send you what everyone passes on to me. I'll send it to you encrypted. I'll send it to you from a throwaway account. I'll send it to you any secure way we need to. But would you be open to hearing what people have to say about what your story did for them? Yeah, I'm, I'm available you know, 24-7, except in cases where I'm at the stone house. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm at the stone house, I'm not available for obvious reasons. Fair enough, my friend. <laughs> okay. All right, yeah. folks. So there you go. Send me an email, info at everydayspy.com. And I will make sure that your message makes its way to Jackal. Yeah. I'm not promising you anything in return, but one-way combo is a very real operational yeah, benefit. Exactly. I will try my best to answer it. Excellent. I appreciate it, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. I am so happy that you got to meet my friend, Edie Jackal, even if it was only his voice. Jackal never stops. He never sits back he 
is a worker and a believer and a dreamer. And I know that you are like that too. And that you want to make the same kind of impact that he has made and that he continues to make. Life is not a mystery. It's not a puzzle. It's not an unknown. Life is an operation. It just takes planning, risk, and execution. And if you can remember, like Jackal remembers, that every day you are on mission, there is no way you won't reach your objective. That is Everyday Espionage. Everyday Espionage is dedicated to one thing, educating everyday people. I know that not everyone will listen, but those who listen will learn. If you learned something new today, click subscribe, review, and share the podcast with a friend. Find me on social media at Everyday Spy or on my website, everydayspy.com. If you are up for a special challenge, visit everydayspy.com forward slash operations and join me for an authentic spy training mission. And above all else, remember that knowledge is freedom.